0: Courtland Sutton has officially been extended for four more years for the Denver Broncos. What type of implications does it have both in the short and long term of the organization as George Payton is apparently all in on the offense here in the future? Not to mention, could Garrett Bulls miss this week's action after testing positive for COVID here on Monday? Sarah Bender, myself, we break it down on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network. Cortland Sutton is a Bronco for four more seasons. George Payton putting in the work here to take care of some homegrown guys that the Broncos they've drafted and they want to keep around as core players. I'm Cody Rourke, joined alongside by co-host Sarah Bender. Both of us cover the Denver Broncos for the Locked On Network and Nine News. We're doing the show live on YouTube for the first time ever, so if you're in the comment section, feel free to interact. We'll try to answer your questions, your comments here on air as we go on. But Sarah, my friend, hey, look, we recorded early Monday morning. We were talking about Tim Patrick's extension over the, you know, Friday over the week and how big it was. And we're like, what does it mean for Cortland Sutton next? And all of a sudden, bam we get the notification literally 20 minutes after we say, Hey, watch, something's going to happen today. Sure. enough, It happened. And here we are once again, having to talk about it, my man, but Hey, great to see you. We have great news here today.
1: Great to see you too. And great to have everybody joining live. Obviously, you know, Cody, once this episode is done, I I don't know what else the Broncos have up their sleeves, but as soon as this episode is over, I guess we might be fixing to find out some (laughs) more big news. We'll see what happens, but all joking aside, a really, really fun time. I mean, it, it kind of almost feels like the offseason, doesn't it? It's like, you know, we got the bye week. We got Tim Patrick resigning, You got Cortland Sutton resigning, The dual press conference with George Payton. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it, the Broncos are getting the dub on bye week, man. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And, and you love to see it. Well,
0: there's also a lot of talk, too, because, look, I, I feel like anytime there's good news with this Broncos football team, there's always people out there. And, look, I get it. I get that there are a lot of fans who are skeptical. And shout-out to Luis in the comment section here. says he loves the podcast. We appreciate you, Luis. Thank you for your support, my friend. But there are a lot of Broncos fans out there, Sarah, that are skeptical about where the team is going. And they're like, well, it doesn't matter that they re-signed Tim Patrick. It doesn't matter that they re-signed Cortland Sutton because they don't have a quarterback who can throw them the ball. But, Sarah, this is where I like to present – That look, while that may not be the reality right now on paper, I guarantee you, and I guarantee you this is probably something George Payton said to both those guys during negotiations. We are going to go out this summer and we're going to get a franchise quarterback to throw you to the ball. Now everyone's like, well, why would he say that? Because the reality is the NFL is a business, There, People know that. And look, Teddy Bridgewater as reliable as he's been as consistent he's been in terms of completion percentage, he doesn't test the ball downfield enough. And obviously we've seen Courtland Suns production the last two games, the amount of targets he's gotten. It's a great indicator to say, okay, what is going on there? It's a quarterback thing here, Sarah. And I think that for the Broncos, anybody would be re- remiss to think that uh, the Broncos aren't going to be trying to go all in for a franchise guy after the season. George Payne's not going to publicly come out right now and say, Hey, we're going to go get a franchise guy this off. because guess what? Teddy Bridgewater still under contract. That conversation mm-hmm. will happen at the end of the season, man. But in your opinion, what's your message here for the Bron- for Broncos fans out there that may be frustrated or just skeptical of maybe some good things happening? Broncos country, you deserve some good things to happen to you. <laughs> this is great for the Broncos taking care of these two guys.
1: I think it's awesome. And Broncos country should be very, very excited about this. You know, look, Cody, for me and many others – It's really tough sledding to find jerseys that you can buy these days, right? I mean, who's player? What player jersey are you supposed to buy? Now you got a number of guys that you can buy their jersey: Justin Simmons, Shelby Harris, Tim Patrick, Corlin Sutton. It is something to be enjoyed by the fans. Look, it's not our money, so who really cares? And and the Broncos (laughs) seem to have more money than a lot of people think. I, I think that's the funny thing about this. It's like so many people have complained for months to me, Cody, if not years at this point about the Broncos not having an owner and we're not going to be able to see them make big moves until they get an owner. And man, I, I what we're seeing from George Payton seems to be the opposite of that. And, and I think it's absolutely a great day for Broncos country. This was not the MO of John Elway when he was the general manager, right? We talked about that this morning on our other episode about Tim Patrick resigning. This wasn't the way John Elway operated. And of course, no. last year we saw the Garrett Bowles resigning in season and we've seen a couple of others through the years, but, those were really few and far between, weren't they? I And it just felt like George Payton was going to do business a little bit differently because of the way that he's talked about Cortland Sutton from day one. Our good friend Cameron Parker posted some videos just to remind us of that on his Twitter page uh, of George Payton and the things that he said when he was looking at the film of this team early on in his tenure as general manager, the things that he said about Cortland Sutton being a core guy for this team. And I know we'll get into that as the show goes on, but how crucial it is for the Broncos to have the, uh, an actual core to build around. I mean, I, I've talked for uh, for a number of months now about how the Broncos aren't rebuilding. They've been rebuilding. The core is in place. And like you said, easier said than done, but man, a quarterback is what this team really needs. and And I think that's coming soon.
0: Yeah, it is. It it, it may not happen right now during this actual season, but it is coming in the next year. George Payton has said, hey, we're going to go out and we're going to do this. We're going to be on every deal. I mean, everything that George Payton has said he's going to do as general manager, so far he has done just that. He has delivered. It's not just lip service. He's delivering on these things. So a four-year, $60.8 million contract extension, 34.9 of that guaranteed for Cortland Sutton. The, the impact of this is big, not to mention it, it's a culture builder. And, and look, I think that George Payton, he continues to make these moves that he even mentioned today with Tim Patrick and with Courtland Sun. He says, when you when you do this, when you take care of guys who play well, who perform well, it installs a, cur- a culture inside your organization. He said, guys like Javante Williams, Patrick Sertan, he wants those guys to watch right now and see what these two guys have done that they have produced. And they've produced regardless of who the quarterback has been. And they've been rewarded with a contract extension. As you mentioned, too. This was not how John Elway did business. And I think that's exactly why there was a lot of animosity from agents towards, you know, organizations. Like for example, let's go back to Brock Osweiler here. Brock Osweiler's agent said, do not pick up any phone call you get from John Elway. It's because John Elway plays hardball in negotiations. And I look, I think John Elway is a very smart businessman, but the way George Payton does things, it's different. And it's all about what, how, what, what can you do to help me now? What can you do to help me in the future? So that's kind of where I'm at. And I want to give a shout out to a few people here in the comment section. Mr. Boggan says, are we going to patent four horsemen now for these wide yeah. receivers? That might be a great one, Tim, especially with it. Jerry, Judy, Tim Patrick, uh, Cortland Sutton, and KJ Hamler. I'm with it. I like it. Mark Gibson says, good vibes, best number 14 since Stokely. And then Duke says, best podcast for Broncos. A little concerned about this season, but Peyton keeps marching forward. So, a lot of love there. And then we have Dave in the comments in Broncos Avenue. Obviously, he does a great job on Instagram for that. And then Sydney says, celebrate Sutton Patrick signing with Teddy throwing touchdowns to Bolt this weekend. Look, what Let's better go. way to kind of seal it, right? While the, while the ink is still fresh there, might as well deliver a touchdown it. strike to these guys against yeah. no, none other than, guess who? Chris Harris Jr., the That's Los right. Angeles Chargers. Take advantage of that. But Broncos country, this is fantastic news. And look, these are things that I think you as fans should celebrate because these are players who have done the work, who mean so much to the organization. And I think that fans love these players, don't want them to go. Well, here's the deal. You have a general manager right now that has shown that he's not going to let the best guys go. So that should give you some optimism heading forward as we navigate throughout the season. But ladies and gentlemen, Sarah and I, we're going to talk about some other things coming up here in just a moment. We're going to talk about some of the storylines from Monday's Broncos practice report. Could Garrett Bulls, Miss potentially this game after testing positive due to COVID. We got a little bit more information on that. Not to mention the injury report. Some of the storylines we have to talk about this week. Leading up to a, another matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers ladies and gentlemen. But before we do that, I just want to remind you, check out the Lockdown Nuggets podcast hosted by Adam Matas and Matt Moore. It does a fantastic job of hosting all the pick and roll action you need for the Denver Nuggets. And while they're going through a little bit of a struggling period right now with bones out, not to mention MPJ out for the foreseeable future, who knows how long that could be. You need to stay up to date with the Lockdown Nuggets podcast hosted by Adam Matas and Matt Moore. Check it out today, wherever you get your podcast. All right, sir, continue on to today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Let's get to the Monday practice report. Broncos back on the field preparing for the Los Angeles Chargers after a well-deserved bye week for a lot of players, a great chance to reset. Sir, we talked about some of the things we wanted to see in the second half of the season here for this Broncos football team, right? And we talked about health. We talked about the defensive side of the ball. Well, guess what? One of those players is coming back this week, according to Broncos, head coach Vic Fangio, and he came back on Monday and that is Bradley Chubb. He returned to practice for the first time since having ankle surgery where he had a bone spur removed from his ankle following week two where the Broncos defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Sarah, my friend, individual period, right? Everyone's like, okay, hey, is he going to play this week against the Chargers? What's the deal here? The Broncos is going to have a very conservative approach with easing him back in, but for the fact that him step on, you know, stepping up and coming in and – performing in individual drills, right, which is your position-specific drills, and then maybe getting a couple of team reps. I think that's super, super important. That's a positive step. Now, he may be a week away. He may be two weeks away. But, look, the fact he's back on the field, is signs good news for this Broncos football team.
1: Absolutely great, great news. And we talked about this this morning as well, the potential of this happening. And, and I think there's obviously some skepticism based on the fact that the last time he came back from an injury, right? I mean, he, he got hurt in that Jacksonville game and ended up having to have the, the procedure on the ankle. So I think for me, Cody Bradley Chubb, I, I resonate. I feel like a lot with what he's going through and the things that he's, the, the things that he's, you know kind of showed us in the past right i mean he showed us that he's willing to play through injury he finished that jacksonville game in 2019 with a torn acl and he was whooping up on their tackle yeah. by the way during that <laughs> game and and he wanted to play that jacksonville game earlier this season with the injured ankle and i know last season he gutted it out through injury as well to get back out on their on the field after the torn acl so he's a tough dude who who wants to be there for his teammates. And I think especially so after the Von Miller injury, and I'm trying not to speak, you know, for Bradley Chubb here, but I feel like I resonate with his, his approach to this. Vic Fangio talked about at his press conference, the fact that, you know, throughout this rehab, there's been ups and there's been downs for Bradley Chubb. There's been better days than others, but this last week or two, it sounds like he's really kind of ramped things up and wanted to give it a go at practice. And so to me, I feel like if he's ready to play and and if he is feeling good enough on that ankle, then that's a huge boost for the Broncos. This is where I mean, we could be talking playoffs or bust going forward here, having to have a really good divisional record if possible with all these divisional games coming up over the last seven games.
0: Yeah, and earlier on in our episode, we talked about the second half schedule, right? And I said, look, best case scenario, and I think somebody misinterpreted what I said that I think the Broncos are going to go 4-3. and three. I said best case scenario, Denver goes 4-3 and three down the, the, the remaining stretch because these are all tough games. And as we said earlier, this Broncos football team, we're going to learn a lot about them. We're going to learn a lot about the young guys and and not to mention the, the coaching staff because they have so much to lose here. Obviously, the coaches, they're coaching for their jobs. Some players are playing for their jobs into next season. So it's big, Sarah. Uh, you know, there's one question here from Mark in the comment section, he says, will there be another big signing or extension and who do you think it might be? Now, Sarah, I I know that George Payton had said that there's other players that they like other players that are going to become free agents that they definitely want to take care of, but he didn't give much background into, okay, we're going to work on getting a deal done with this guy or this guy. In your opinion, do you see another deal happening for the Broncos in season or do you think it's going to be a free agency approach? Because I, I think, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw maybe one or two moves, but I don't expect them to be big moves like Corlin Sutton, Tim Patrick. I expect them to be maybe some guys, maybe like a Josie Jewel or something like that. Mm-hmm. If they want to take care of bringing one of those veteran backers back next year, I could see that happening. But right now, I just I don't see anything else on the horizon. I think these are the two in-season moves of two high-priority guys they wanted to take care of. I mean, maybe they take care of a guy in the secondary, maybe a Bryce Callan. I don't know, but there's so many question marks. Do you see another deal happening?
1: I think you're on the right track there with Josie Jewell, Cody. I think if anybody is going to get extended in the season, there's precedent now for an injured player, a couple of injured players actually that we've seen get, get deals um, beyond this season. So Raekwon McMillan of the new England Patriots, he tore his ACL and he got a new deal from the Patriots to keep him around beyond the season, they obviously want him in the plans. And I think if the Broncos decide, hey, we want Josie Jewell in the plans beyond the season, I feel like that makes a lot of sense, even with him being injured. And I think, like we've seen with Tim Patrick and Courtland Sutton, maybe you get at a little under market value, even for what Josie Jewell could make out there. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what Matt Milano got, but it was a pretty ridiculous amount for what we thought. Maybe, you know, the Broncos might pursue him as a coverage linebacker. I think it was north of $10 million a year, something like that and so I think Josie Jewell would be a smart one to re-sign give him another year beyond the season let him come out and have another contract year in 2022 in my opinion and I th- I would throw a multi-year deal at Kenny Young as well the other inside yes. linebacker the Broncos are going to need the dev. Take care, Kenny, man. And, and, man, how improved has the coverage from the linebackers been since the team has gone with more of a speed approach with Kenny Young and Baron Browning? I know it's only been a couple-game sample dating back to Washington where those guys have been together on the field for a few games. But it, it's been impressive. The, the team's speed needs to improve, and George Payton has emphasized that. And I think Kenny Young helps accomplish that for sure. So those are two guys that I would see uh, maybe being the next guys if anyone else is to get an in-season deal.
0: Yeah, I mean I agree with you there. I think that linebacker you got to take care of one of those two guys. But here's the crazy thing too, right? As as good as Kenny Young ha- has looked for the Broncos so far since being traded to Denver, he still doesn't fully grasp the playbook 100%, right? So just imagine once he gets more comfortable week in and week out. Same thing with Stephen Weatherly too. I've been impressed with that addition as well and you know, you can never have enough veteran guys there. I know that the Broncos have some young guys. Jonathan Cooper is really emerging. What decision gets made? Let's say Bradley Chubb does come back healthy, Sarah. In your opinion, do you start him right away or do you ease him back in on a pitch count and maybe get him series reps? Because you still don't want to get him out there when he's not fully ready, not fully 100%, which I don't think he's going to be fully 100% this year. I mean, that's not, that's not going to be the thing after you come off of surgery, but it's definitely an interesting question to ask. Does Bradley Chubb start when he comes back?
1: I think that's a a really fun question, you know, for sure to think about the rotation and what it could be. I feel like even, even a, you know, I don't want to put a percentage on it because that'll make it sound like he, you know, a bad thing. He's playing at 85% or something like that. But I feel like a a Bradley Chubb, even if he's not 100 percent, you know, I feel like that kind of Bradley Chubb is still going to be extremely effective. People forget just how good this guy is. He made the Pro Bowl last year playing only, I think, 12 games or something like that. And so he's very, very good. He's continually improved. He's just a really, really solid all around edge player. I know a lot of people are salty about passing up on Josh Allen, seeing what he's been doing the last couple of seasons. But. Man, how I, I is Josh like,
0: Allen looked this season? By the way, yeah, I know, year. right?
1: He's come falling down back to earth, hasn't he? A little bit, and I think we all, you know, kind of saw that coming a little bit at least. So, but yeah, I would love to see him kind of in a tandem. I think Malik Reed, obviously, you still got him. You got Stephen Weatherly providing that explosiveness and energy. And then Jonathan Cooper, like you said. So I, I kind of like those those two mixes of players. You know, you get Malik Reed and Jonathan Cooper and Bradley Chubb and Stephen Weatherly kind of mix them around. Those they all have kind of a diverse skill set and varying levels of like explosiveness off the edge as pass rushers, but all four of them are really they're really good edge players all in general, playing the run, staying in their lane, doing their doing their job and holding that edge down. So I would love to see Chubb come back, even if it is on a limited basis, I think that that would be a huge boost to an already, you know, a defense that's already proven, hey, we can dominate teams like Dallas on the road, even without our two starting linebackers, even without Bryce Callahan, you know, they, they've been able to do that even without Von Miller, without Bradley Chubb. So putting Chubb back in the mix is just one more piece to that puzzle. I I'd be very excited to see that.
0: Yeah, absolutely with you and there's another puzzle I'm really excited this uh, week here specifically Sarah and that's our sponsor of today's episode Lock and Broncos our good friends over there at Betel9.eg. and it's Thanksgiving we all know what that means sir. football, family, friends, food and there's nothing better than that ultimate combination right there and BetOnline has you covered for all the holiday season for more props odds and lines than ever before BetOnline.ag they remain the number one spot for all things sports this Thanksgiving we have a full slate of NFL games three games on Thanksgiving Day to get you through I know I'm going to relax kick back and I'm Glad I don't have to record any shows on Thanksgiving. I can just watch football, Sarah. And you can head right now to the new updated website at Betaline.ag on your webs- on the website or your mobile device. And when you use promo code LOCKDOWN, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit today. Once again, promo code LOCKDOWN allows you to get that bonus. And it's not just football. Betaline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and your MMA accent and even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals for this Thanksgiving. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, just a reminder, Broncos Country, thank you so much for making this show, this podcast, your first listen of the day every single day. Sarah, myself, we love interacting with you in the comment section on YouTube. If you're watching us live, thank you so much for taking time in the evening to watch us. If you're on your morning commute to work here the next day here on this beautiful Tuesday all across Broncos Country, we appreciate you. For that as well. Thank you for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, especially here on Thanksgiving week. But, Sarah, we have a lot of things to talk about here, right? Because we talk about the big news of Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Bradley Chubb returning. There's another guy set to return, and that's Michael Ojamudia this week. And I'm stoked about that because it couldn't come at a better time where the Broncos need some more depth. They need some more help in that back end of that secondary because they are just one injury away from being back into dire straits, right? And I feel like right now with Patrick Sertan, with Ronald Darby on the outside, and look, I think Kyle Fuller playing in the nickel, I thought he's played well outside of the times where the Broncos against the Eagles went cover zero, and then they also forced Kyle Fuller to play outside alignment in the slot. That's That's ground for getting beat right away. So he's still learning that position. I know Bryce Callahan returned to practice last week briefly on the side field, so that's a positive sign as he deals with an LCL injury, but... Getting some reinforcements back, man. It gives you more options on the defensive side of the ball. And for Michael Ojemudia, he's fresh. Love to see
1: that. Definitely. And, and shout out to our Iowa guys on the team. And We talked about Josie Jewell in this episode. We got Michael Ojemudia. You know, I'm sure Noah Fant is going to ball out after the bye week. He was one of the guys that we picked On a previous episode to ball out after the bye week or players that we're looking for, you know, so I I love to see Ojemudia come back. And and I remember during training camp, Cody, we were talking about the fact that they were kind of rotating him in with the original role that was intended for Patrick Sertan the second. I don't Mm -hmm. know if Caden Stearns has, you know, effectively filled that role or what the what the case may be, but. I do feel like that's an option for Ojemudia going forward. I don't remember seeing him do a lot of nickel at Iowa. I feel like he played mostly on the outside. But, hey, I mean, any way that you can get on the field and any way that you can make yourself available, I would love to see him play. He's saying as well. We'd love to get to yeah. see him play You know, some more snaps down the stretch of the season too. So the depth is being re-fortified, I feel like, coming out of the bye week, especially in that secondary. It's really, really, really nice to see.
0: I mean, I love it, too, because, like you mentioned, saying Bassi played in that role well. It, Vic Fangio has options, right? And I think it's all about how you utilize it. And and I understand, too, when you have a lineup and you have chemistry, you have a rotation going, it, it doesn't bode well when you mess the rotation up. But if you feel like you can add a guy into that mix there without compromising the on-field performance. Now, let, let's keep in mind, this is a saying Bassi and, and potentially Michael Legimudi's first action since their injuries. Back with Michael Legimudi in the preseason game, number two against the Seahawks. That injury, which we all thought to be season-ending when watching it, Luckily it wasn't, I know it's taken as long as it has to get him here, but look, you can't rush guys back from certain ligament injuries. And then you have Bassey who had that torn ACL late in the season for him to be back and almost ready kind of now. I mean, it's almost approaching the same timetable for when it happened last year. So he, just about a year on time, he's on track. But first action, it's different. There's an adjustment period. And I don't know if somebody who's torn his ACL that you think about everything, right? Practice is practice, but being actually back in the game, it is so different, Sarah, after you've done that. So I think that'll be a hurdle for him to maybe look at. And just for any guy coming back from injury, Outside of that, too, with well, the Broncos, maybe without Garrett Bulls this week, which could be interesting going against the Chargers. You talked about their pass rush there. Joey Bosa, obviously, is one of those key impact players, uh, and I think Garrett Bowles has always done well against him. Like last year, he and Melvin, like he did good against he and Melvin Ingram on the outside. But he tested positive for COVID on Monday, and Vic Fangio said in order for him to come back to the facility, the NFL NFLPA protocols state that you must have two negative tests back to back. So if he tested positive today. He won't be ready tomorrow or the next day if he continues to test positive. So he'll get another test tomorrow. If it's positive, there's another timeline that just delays his return. So I, I wouldn't count on bulls being ready this week. Now, Sarah I got to ask you Calvin Anderson, we've been impressed with him since he's been inserting into the lineup at left tackle. What does this mean for him this week?
1: I mean, it would certainly be his biggest test yet. Right. I, I think that's, I feel like that's obvious, you know, Joey Bosa, really had a great game on Sunday night football, just watching him go against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He he kind of closed that game out for the Chargers in a way, really shut down Ben Roethlisberger in that offense. So I think that Joey Bosa is obviously a player that, you know, he, he's he been sunned before by the Broncos, Trevor Simeon, shout out to that 2017 game where Trevor Simeon juked him out of his shorts. But, but at the same time, he's grown into arguably, you know, one of the best top five for sure edge players in the game. And I feel like, That's a tough test for any offensive lineman. And and Bobby Massey, his status is in the air as well. So we don't know if the Broncos are going to have either of their starting tackles for this Chargers game. But of course, you know, Calvin Anderson has done a good job. He's done done enough to be able to get Teddy Bridgewater some clean pockets to create, certainly in the running game, right? The Broncos have been running the ball quite well. So I feel like it's, you know, it's one of those things on paper that kind of has you worried. We've seen what guys like, you know, Max Crosby and other pass rushers have done to the Broncos in recent years. So it it does give you a little bit of reason to worry for sure. Without Garrett Bowles, like you said, who played well against Bosa last season.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be intrigued to see, obviously, if it's going to be Anderson and Fleming at tackle this week. You know, I think that's something we're going to see more Quinn Miners at guard with Dalton Rison and Lloyd Cushingberry. I'm excited to see that continue to formulate. Uh, and then Pat Shermer is also back this week, which leads me to a great question here from Sydney in the chat. She says, with Shermer back, can we expect a plan like we had against the Dallas Cowboys? I don't know. That's a great question, right? Because the Broncos, they did return back to the practice field on Monday. Everything's going to be light right now. They'll ramp things up a little bit. They'll increase the the intensity. Uh, Real quick, as we go through the injury report, players who did not practice. Bobby Massey returned but didn't practice at all, didn't do anything. Kareem Jackson missed practice with a shoulder injury that he sustained against the Eagles. He should be good to go this week. And then Baron Browning still did not participate with a back issue. He's been having back spasms, so I imagine they're going to hold him out today. Maybe tomorrow he'll return on a limited basis, something to monitor here but pat Shermer being back I, I think this is a great point right as a play caller we've talked about this that you know i know that there was a the portion of broncos country that wanted a new oc they wanted pat Shermer gone and they're like we'll throw mike shula in there well we saw what happened when mike shula was on the play because he was in the box like Pat Shermer, he's up in the box. He's got the best view in football for a coordinator. So you had you Mike Shula Call plays from the sideline, and you could tell they just couldn't adjust, they couldn't do anything. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe Pat Shermer comes back and they can build on things that they did against the Cowboys. He didn't do too much well against the Eagles. And that's the thing. And look, the Eagles actually have been a very impressive team the last, you know, four or five weeks so far. And obviously they keep things rolling. They got a good formula right there for them. So that is kind of where I'm at right now. So we will definitely see that uh in just looking more in the chat too. I, I think that the Broncos are in an interesting position here, Sarah, this week, because what we've seen so far through the NFL is just highs and lows, inconsistencies from so many teams. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills earlier and the you know on yesterday's episode lockdown Broncos. This could be one of those games where, look, like, the Broncos show up, and maybe the Chargers don't look like the Chargers that we saw on Sunday Night Football because Justin Herbert, I mean, Sarah, he looked ridiculous against the Steelers. And, look, I watching that game, I couldn't help but think, okay, hey, I'm a little worried about what type of team that the Broncos are going to be facing and what type of team are the Broncos going to be at home, right? But then, again, we see these performances that are really good one week, and then I factor in the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were missing several key defenders. So maybe that had a little bit of an impact on it, but – They roared back, and all circumstances continued. The Steelers almost came back and won that game, but the Chargers found a way, and Mike Williams, Keenan Allen are going to present a lot of challenges for this team, my friend. So I don't know how I feel right now. Obviously, it's it's Monday night, Tuesday morning. I'm still feeling a little anxious about this matchup.
1: Yeah, definitely, and the Chargers have the potential – to be a quick strike offense, no pun intended, at really at any point in time. And we saw that against well, against Pittsburgh, even when Pittsburgh caught momentum late in that game. I mean, the Chargers were able to answer back with a quick strike of their own. So it, it's definitely one of those things where they could go off for 40 plus points any given week. And the Broncos just don't feel like that kind of team that can go toe to toe with that. So the Broncos really have to be they have to be what the what the commenter I think it was Sydney who brought it up they really have to be in that same bag as we saw against the Dallas Cowboys they have to be in that same position where They're going to try the ball control thing. They're going to take shots downfield. Remember against Dallas, we saw that great Tim Patrick touchdown and a number of other deeper pass plays in that game, arguably Teddy Bridgewater's best as a Bronco, and then he follows it up with a complete dud the next week. So I feel like we need to see more of what we saw against Dallas and even building upon what we saw against Dallas and really this whole season. The Broncos have to, against a team like the Chargers and the Chiefs, As the season progresses, Cody, they have to figure out a way to execute on third downs and in the red zone. I mean, they just have to do it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you're going to win these games, you're not going to be getting lucky on blocked punts that get ticked out beyond the line of scrimmage by the (laughs) opposing team. You're not going to get those kind of breaks down the stretch of the season. It's just not going to happen. Unfortunately, the Broncos have consistently been the team where, you know, other teams get those lucky breaks against, you know, that's the Broncos are the team that does those kind of things more often than not. So they have to be the team that's not necessarily getting lucky, but being the aggressor. So we're, we're going to need to see a little bit of a mindset shift. That was kind of a, that was kind of a tongue twister there. I almost, I like I almost stumbled on it. A bit of a mindset shift from this coaching staff, Cody, regardless, Pat Shermer, Vic Fanjo, it doesn't matter. They're going to need to be more aggressive as the, the season comes down to these final seven games. And how the Broncos
0: have been playing at home too. It's just been it's been inexcusable. Yeah, you, you know, they took care of a Washington football team that we don't, I mean, even them, they are having their highs and lows. They beat the Carolina Panthers, they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a couple weeks ago. But then the Broncos, they, they play well. They play one of their, I'd say, more complete games defensively against that Washington football team. But they got to find a way to come out on home, utilize home field advantage. This season, there hasn't been a home field advantage. I mean, we even see it at Nuggets games where Bulls fans are evading ball arena. We see it at every Broncos game now where all these opposing fan bases are just flooding i mean we're talking about eagles fans we're talking about raiders fans there is no home field advantage right now in power field at mile high, and the Broncos have to find a way to install that, right? More no shows have happened uh, in terms of tickets, even though the sellouts continue to happen. There was one game that had 12,000 no shows. The last game against the Eagles had over 5,000. This is where I think the organization, the, the direction George Payton's going to take this team, is going to help change that, help bring that back. But right now, Sarah, it's non existent. The Broncos have to come out, and I like it. Be aggressive from the onset. If you get the ball first, you know what? First play I'm doing, I'm dialing. A shot down deep to Cortland Sutton or Tim Patrick I don't care I'm gonna find a way to do it I'm not gonna open up the game ultra conservative foot on the throat be aggressive you have nothing to lose in Broncos country absolutely appreciate you taking your time into your evening your morning your day to listen to Sarah and I talk Broncos football lockdown Broncos is available everywhere you get your podcast your favorite podcasting provider every single day you can listen to us on your morning commute you can listen to us at home when you're making dinner or on your workout we know I have a couple players and a couple people who listen to this while they work out in the gym not to Mention sure you can watch us on youtube you want to watch us on your tv your phone or your computer make sure you hit that subscribe button turn on notifications like the video on youtube so it pushes it out to the algorithm but with that said broncos country thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of lock on broncos sarah and myself we're going to be back tomorrow with a brand new episode of the show not to mention we have a crossover edition with the chargers guys this week of lockdown chargers to preview this matchup more in depth sarah myself we'll see you tomorrow